everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. This episode, we're celebrating 100 episodes and we're looking back. We're going to look back at some of the cool things that have happened on this podcast over the last 100 episodes. Hard to believe. 100 episodes. This show we have been doing since May 2022. So it's been about 16 months and we do one show a week. Although we do take breaks every once in a while. And right now we're planning to take a break around Christmas. That's one of our thoughts. Um, It's good to take a break because it's important to kind of uh, make you miss something. Even if you enjoy something, you need a break so you can miss it just a little bit. Gets you excited to come back and, and get back into it. And so this podcast is no exception. Yeah, and then we've also had episode, you know, weeks where we've had multiple episodes. Sometimes two, sometimes three. Um, right now we've kind of had a couple of weeks where we haven't had an additional episode, but hopefully that is going to change. Um, We're working on some things. Scheduling is very hard. That's one thing we've learned in the past 100 episodes. Daphne and I have busy schedules ourselves, so for us to coordinate our schedules is tough. Um, And we realized that because we've kind of shifted our schedule now to recording on Mondays um, instead of Sundays because we were just finding, A, that our schedules were busy on the weekends, plus competitions were sometimes still going on on Sundays and we wanted to be able to actually talk about the full competition without having you telling you to have to go to our show notes to find out everything um because that's not fun so but you know so back with about the schedules yeah coordinating our schedules has been tough but then trying to coordinate a schedule of an athlete or somebody else involved in the sport they've got busy schedules too they're on different time zones, so it, it it's been a challenge, but hopefully as we, you know, get into the season, we'll have some more episodes, and as we get to travel, and Daphne and I were just talking about that, she's traveled a little bit more than I have this season so far, that we'll be able to do some episodes on location again, or maybe grab a skater or two and have them come in on and talk with us. Yeah, that is some of what we've been talking about. And Gina mentioned our our schedules. We talk sometimes about being really busy and we've shared a little bit of that with you guys so that you know kind of what we're doing. Um, For a long time in running IceDance.com, I think folks thought that that was my full-time job and it isn't. Um, I have a full-time job. I work 40 hours a week. And Gina also works full-time and (laughs) has other interests that she's focused on. But we both felt, you know, really strongly about creating a platform to amplify messaging. You know, in looking back at the first hundred episodes, I think we've really been able to do that. Yeah, and I and know we want to continue to do that, to be a positive voice. Um, you know, some recent things have kind of made the news again within our sport. Um, you know, 
issues regarding body and nutrition and, you know, and the doping that hasn't stopped. Um, just there's a lot of, of those things that you don't want to talk about that I think we've kind of realized that we want to talk about and do it in a, the right way and bring attention to it in the right way and give it justice and to really be it like a change and positive change and help bring about change. Um, so we're hoping to maybe do a little bit more of those sorts of episodes. The stuff that, you know, Norman wants to really talk about, but we have to talk about in order for things to change. So, so we've got, yeah. we're thinking of doing some of that coming going forward um in addition to you know our weekly episodes and you know our regular talking to some of the skaters um as well definitely yeah there are other platforms out there that are not constructively critical they're more negative as journalists we're not gonna go reporting on anything unless we have confirmation to do so and unless we, you know, have been given permission to report that information. Um, and so that's why we always stress that at the beginning of our episode, because there are those outlets out there that will report on the rink rumors or the rink, I heard so-and-so or so-and-so saw so-and-so. No, you won't hear that from us. Yeah, we want to be a trusted news source. That's one of our goals is... For you to listen and know that what we're delivering in our content is something that has been confirmed. Okay, so we had a plan in place for doing an interview or something special um, that's different than what the podcast has ended up being, what number 100 is. Um, but schedules, again, as Gina said, schedules did not line up. We were not able to do what we wanted to do. So... I took a page out of my other podcast book, which is Run For Your Lives. And at the end of every season of Run For Your Lives, we do a look back special. It's one of our most popular episodes. What we talk about is we take a look at everything that we've done for that season and just talk about what some of our favorite things are or just kind of walk or talk through some of those key points over the last, you know, number of episodes. And so I said, Gina, let's do that because then it's not bullet points. It's not, it's a free form conversation. And those are usually the most fun to do and the easiest for me as an editor to edit. <laughs> but before we do that, one thing I did want to share mentioning editing is Gina and I haven't really talked about our process for when we put a podcast together. And I thought we could share a little bit of that with you right now. When we do the podcast, it really isn't, we come to the table and just start talking. Oh no. We <laughs> that wouldn't, I could only imagine if we did that. <laughs> Instead, what happens is we have a document where we set up and collect a news an event info for the entire week. We update it as we go and we take a look before the episode. 
What we'll do then is go through and organize it and make sure that each of us knows who's going to talk about what specific item. We color code it that way. And some stuff we keep general because then we both talk about it. Once that document is ready, we spend about an hour recording the episode. Because at the beginning, we have to talk for a few minutes to make sure everything's lined up. At the end, we just kind of sign off and then debrief quickly. So it can be about an hour to an hour and a half. After that, um, I go ahead and pull Gina's file because we record our audio. She records her audio. I record my audio. I merge it together. But before merging, I go through and edit it actually to take out things like the cat howling in the background or my ferrets running around digging at something or just a random background noise. I take all of that out and then I go through and edit things down because sometimes we'll have a break in the middle where something happens at one of our houses and we have to go check in and see what it is. So those are the types of things. And so we may have recorded for like an hour, but the podcast is only about 40 to 45 minutes. Once that's done, Gina listens to it. Uh, and then Gina prepares the show notes, which includes all the links that we have for that episode. And then one of us will post it on a platform that sends it out to Apple and Spotify and everything else. And then Gina goes and does the social media posts that you guys get to see every week. And that really is what it is. It's so much more. Yeah. And the cycle begins again, right again. As soon as we hit that up, you know, we send that episode out. I've now created the document for next week so that we're already starting. As soon as we have finished recording that episode, we have a new document. So if something came out like 20 minutes after we, you know, finished recording, we can put it in for next week's episode. Um, so yeah, it's just, you know, process of as soon as one is done, we're moving on to the next one. So like right now I look in our Google Drive and we've got this one, our little document, which right now just has some notes in there, some things we want to make sure we mention in this episode. And then there's already the episode for this week so that we can talk about obviously autumn classic then the jgp and osaka and solo dance so final and yeah so we've already got that one that we've already started working on um but yeah it doesn't soon as you know you think okay we get a little break nope soon as the one episode is done we're working on the next one um so it's a week process it's not just Sunday when we were recording on Sundays or Monday now um, that we sit down and we're recording. No, we're thinking about and the show from the soon as we have finished the other show. And this doesn't include any time we spend watching skating in preparation. No. I may um, have Autumn Classic kind of over here on the side, just kind of keeping an eye on as we're talking right now. Yes, I've been doing that with this with solo finals. I've been checking that to see because one of the events was just ending when we got on here. And imagine that I, I do this for this podcast and 
My movie podcast is similar, but the amount of work that goes into it takes longer because you're watching a movie, you're taking notes about the movie, you're digging up facts about the movie. It's So I do this for two podcasts and then sometimes I'm doing three a week, depending on, are we doing an interview on this one? <laughs> or am I doing a special episode? Have I been invited to guest on a podcast? Because that happens too. Um and so that's why we need to take a break every once in a while, because it does take a lot of time. But I wanted to share that because it's something that I don't think we've talked through before. And I think it's, you know, it's good for you guys to know how the process really works. And this, again, is a very busy weekend because we have three, I have three events going on <laughs> and it's. It's pretty wild. Yeah. I'm trying to keep track of, of all of that. But, you know, I should just throw out to our listeners, if you're following things, you know, if you're keeping an eye and an ear on everything going on in the skating world and you want to help us, feel free uh, to send us an email or shoot us a line on social media and say, hey, look, I saw this come out. Make sure you get it in this week's episode. Um that's you know that would help us out tremendously. We do have some help behind the scenes that is help. You we know, do that helps us on a weekly basis, but that person is also busy as well, um, and so it just would be helpful to have you know people who enjoy this podcast who would like to you know help us out with other things, especially the disciplines that we may not be keeping an eye on as much like synchro mm -hmm. um though i'm hoping to do more synchro this year you know now daphne's built up solo dance but theater on ice um you know just the other um disciplines that make up figure skating um if you're involved in that or you know have your eyes and ears tuned into those things and want to help us out with that yeah always feel free to shoot us an email to let us know on social media too um because we might miss something we try to make sure we're not missing everything but you know sometimes it happens so um having help we would appreciate help and um definitely consider you know doing that if you're one that is really on top of things and would like to um help us out definitely so let's first gina talk about uh the first episode we did of this week in skating, uh, Gina was brand new to podcasting. We thought everything was set up and ready to go. Yeah. This was in April of 2022. We recorded the episode and I asked Gina to send me the file. For the first time in my <laughs> podcasting life, I did not have a backup. Because what happens is Gina will record a file locally on her side, I record a file on my side, and we have a Zoom backup. Well, for some reason, I didn't think we were going to need the Zoom backup, so I didn't record it. Big mistake. Yep. Because the audio did not record on Gina's end, and yep. we, had, <laughs> we ended up having to record it all over again. Yeah. So no one really heard episode one, except and for us. And it was, it was like so the good. best episode ever, but yeah, yeah. it's called yeah. turning on your microphone. Yep. I'll be mm -hmm. honest. I, it was a brand new microphone and I thought it was on, 
because the blue light is always on it no matter what. That just tells you it's connected to the computer. But you actually have to hit a switch that makes it on. So, yeah, that's yeah. why episode one, no one ever heard because I didn't have my microphone on. And my coworker can attest I am one for whenever I go out to do a video shoot for work or to record audio for work or something that I have a tendency of A, not having a memory card with me, B, not charging a battery, C, I don't know, but I'm always, it never is a perfect shoot. And no matter how much I try in my head to make sure I have everything ready to go, something, I always forget one detail that, you know, will end up. Or I get a memory card stuck in a camera. I've done that a couple times. So, um, so technology and me, though I use it quite a bit, I can be a, sometimes a ditz when it comes to making sure everything is working properly. So when we started this week in skating, we really were focusing on doing this weekly news show. And it wasn't long after we started that we really started to consider what other things we might be able to do too. And the idea of interviews came about. At that time, I think it was after Lake Placid, we had talked with Ava, Pate, and Logan by a lot in Lake Placid about their costumes for the year. And so we decided to try to do an interview and see how it went. Yeah. So Ava and Logan were our first athlete interview i think we actually might have had an interview before i think we had jordan on which jordan we we talked to jordan almost on a weekly basis he's part of our um figure skating media you know group group, call yeah. yeah you know and he he sometimes will come in when we do our zoom calls um not on a weekly basis um because he's you know very busy um but we we brought him on is our very like first kind of episode, you know, interview. Um, but Ava and Logan were our first athlete interviews. And I think it was just shortly after they announced they got engaged. So we got to hear their engagement story um, and just have can carry on the conversation a little bit that we had with them in Lake Placid. But Daphne, I think one of our big interviews in the early after Jordan, and I think it might've been just after Jordan we had a pretty big interview with the fact that we had Susanna Rocamo on. We did. Because that was in the middle of the ISU Congress and the elections, and she was running for ISU president. Unfortunately, she was not elected as president. But we got to hear like her thoughts and her ideas and how she would like to move figure skating and all of the branches within the ISU forward um, into, you know, into the future. And I thought that was a really good interview. Um, And it was, I think it, we weren't even planning it. I don't know. You kind of thought it was your idea and you were like, let's get her on. And it was bam, we had her on and we, and we tried to get um, Pat St. Peter, um, from U.S. Figure Skating, who was running as well. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. But it was nice to to take on like a really hard news 
um, because that was a big topic going on at that time. And having someone on to talk about it was really cool. It was really high profile. Yeah. It was stretching us a bit, but I thought it was a great conversation with her. And unfortunately, like you said, she didn't win, but I... I really appreciated hearing things from her perspective mm-hmm. and also a lot of the work that she's been doing with the developmental committee. Yeah. It was very cool. While we were in Lake Placid, we got to record an episode in person. It was kind of our Lake Placid review of what had happened at the competition. It's funny because we recorded it at the end of the competition when we were completely exhausted yep. from everything, but we still were able to pull it off, I think. Yeah, and we did it in the the basement of the Airbnb we stayed at. And I think that was the competition, for me at least, I don't know about you, Daphne, um, in the 20, well, that was the start of the 2022-2023 season. But that competition actually felt normal to me. Mm -hmm. Um, We weren't masked up, um, you know, coming from nationals in nashville where we were oh man that was like at the height well that was the we had this new wave coming through just after the holidays um and just before the olympics and we were you know couldn't see too many people where we were testing we were wearing masks all the time except for when we were eating this felt when we were in lake placid last summer um just felt normal and it was really cool that we were all in the same house um for a couple days and um yeah it just it was great to be it was great to be back that was our first time back to Lake Placid in a couple years um because of COVID and I was sad to miss it this year but hoping next year I will be back in uh to go to Lake Placid I did get to go to Lake Placid at least once this year I did go for World Synchros but um, missed getting to go for ice dance this summer. Yeah, next year's a big one because IDC celebrates 25 years. That's right. So I'm hoping that uh, we'll have a, a decent-sized group there And who knows? Next year. We could hit 200 episodes by this time. Nah, I don't think so. We but could, <laughs> we could, that would yeah. be a lot. <laughs> it would. I'm not sure we could hit 200, but... I don't know. We'll see where we'll see where we'll things see what go. Happens. Um, that kind of led to us doing. Um, we had our good friend Jackie on. Yes. To talk about Skate America and the Grand Prix series as a whole. Yeah, that he's may been be on something three times. So I'm sure season he two will have record. a yes. He does have the record, and I'm sure season two of this week in skating will have Jackie on sometime. Um, you know, we will. Yeah run into him i'm sure this season quite a bit and so we will or we will try to you know coordinate him virtually to get him on but yeah uh, jackie is always so gracious with his time to come on and chat with us um, whether in in person or virtual yeah that was fun when we got to sit down at the end of nat it was nationals yes, right? we yeah. sat down at the end and chatted with him it was great and fun fact we were sitting down chatting with him. We were in a, like, uh, I think it was like an, I don't know, just near an alleyway of like, our media room or something. It was near the mix zone, but it was, I don't know, it was at this table, whatever. And we were all awaiting 
I think we were awaiting who was going to be announced to the world team. And so we grabbed Jackie at that time and we did a quick episode, whatever. But Jackie literally walked away in the middle of that episode. (laughs) I hate to throw him under the bus, but it's fun. He just, we were talking and he was like, I gotta go. And he dashed off and we were like, okay, we'll just continue. And we said, you know, we just made (laughs) it known. But yeah, he did. He, yeah, he ran, you know, but you know, Jackie, if you've seen him at a competition, he is always either... In his seat, following the action or, all day long. Or on the move. Or on the move. And he was on he yep. was on the move at that point, so Yeah, we also were able to get an interview with Olivia Smart where she told us all about her time on Dancing on Ice and confirmed the news that had been speculated for quite some time that she did have a new partner and his name was Tim Deke from Germany. And that was a lot of fun to hear all the stories, you know, that she had from Dancing on Ice and also um, getting to see, I think, since then, her growth in performance and presentation from being part of that show. And, you know, Um, we talked with her about the Olympics, too, and her Olympic experience. And we learned about Olympic diplomas, um, something we didn't know before. And so, um, yeah, it was nice to, you know, catch up with her. And it was um, looking forward to seeing her and Tim this season. Um, I know we got a little taste of them here at uh, Autumn Classic. um, And you did you get to see them? In person yet, Daphne, or no? No, okay. Not yet. Okay. Hopefully soon. Hopefully. We'll see. It may not be until later in the season. Yeah. Before I get to. Gina came up with these fun questions that we ask at the end of interviews. And, well, Jason Brown. Oh, Jason Brown. We had Jason on, which he has so much energy. And we had seen him at Skate America, where he was a social media correspondent. Mm -hmm. And he was having such a blast. And little did we know at the same time that he was deciding that he was going to come back and compete again. We had no idea. No. Um, And that news got released just before we had him on. Yeah, it was really before. So we were able to talk to him and get, you know, get some insight into what he was thinking about his comeback and what he was planning on. And uh, it was just a lot of fun because he has so much energy and getting anytime you're around him, you just feel it. Mm -hmm. It's like infectious. It's so, you know, it just brightens everything up. So it was a lot of fun. But he had a little bit of trouble with Gina's last question. He took it very seriously to the point it became the running thing on our podcast that Jason couldn't answer Gina's final question, but he did answer it a couple of months later at Nationals. Yeah. And no one else has had that problem. No. (laughs) They all know about it, too. But yeah, that was... It was fun. Um, and the fun questions kind of came about because I did that after interviews when I was writing 
you know, writing interviews for FSO. Um, I, it was always something I was doing when I first started. I don't think now I do the fun questions as much because it depends on the time that I have for an interview. And so I thought it would be fun to do them with our podcast. And um, I don't know if I've shared this before. I think I might have on the podcast, but Jason was one of the first interviews I did um, when I started at FSO. Um, and I remember uh, this was, so this was 2013. So he had just, I think his first Grand Prix, I think I talked to him after his first Grand Prix, senior Grand Prix. And it was, we had finished the conversation and I'm getting emails and text messages from Jason after the interview and telling me just being, you know, Jason. And so his personality is just infectious. And, you know, so he's, I don't, as you know, I don't have any favorites, but he holds a little special place because he was one of the first interviews I've ever done. So getting the opportunity to ask him the fun question in person, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, and, you know, I've told him that, you know, he is, he was one of the first uh, interviews I ever did when I got started in FSO and I've interviewed him since and I've watched his career. So he's, special, but I have other special ones too. It's just, so it's just that, you know, he is special there. And so the fun question and getting to ask it in person was just a little, another memory that I'll, you know, remember. Um, so, and I hope we'll bring the fun questions back. We haven't really done them too much in season two. I may think of new ones. If you've got new ones, feel free to send them my way. Speaking of fun, we had a fun interview. Well, we had a good discussion with Nikolai Memola. And we had some fun at the end that I don't know if anyone heard. Did that get part of the podcast or did that get cut off of the podcast? I can't remember. I don't now. think that was in the podcast because see, other things go on when we're recording okay. and side conversations about <laughs> certain things happen. And so in this case, there was a side conversation. Yes. That and, ended up happening. And this side conversation was Daphne's two worlds coming together in the fact that Nikolai likes the Game of Thrones as much as Daphne likes the Game of Thrones. And they were having quite the conversation about her dolls be that are behind her in the podcast. And he was showing us something in his room with Game of Thrones. And I just sat there and, and watched as they had fun talking about Game of Thrones. I... In my office, there are a couple of bookcases behind me, and I do have one shelf that's devoted to pop figures from Game of Thrones. I don't have hundreds of them. There are probably 20 on there. And it's the characters I liked, and it's dragons, and it's cool. And of course, um, House of the Dragon has become really popular. It's it's like a prequel about the Targaryens. Um and Nikolai noticed them and we started talking about it. And then he showed us this map on his wall that someone had given him. <laughs> it was just a lot of fun to kind of uh, get to nerd out a little bit about, about, you know, pop culture. And yeah, that was a lot of fun to be able to share that. And it didn't make it into the episode, but no, they went on for quite fun. a while talking about it. And I just, because 
I haven't watched the Game of Thrones. I just kind of sat there, but it was so much fun to watch them really interact in a not talking about skating, something completely different. So I think the next time Daphne and Nikolai are at the same event together, don't be surprised if they're having a conversation about Game of Thrones after <laughs> <laughs> after a short program or a free skate. Um, yeah, because it, it was fun to watch the two of them talk about something other than skating. Yeah. Imagine there are other things outside <laughs> of skating. Hmm. There were, um, was also an episode that we did with the Reed sisters that w- meant a lot to me because I've watched them compete since they were little kids and to see where they are now and also get to talk about, um, the passing of their brother, Chris, which happened at the beginning of the pandemic. And how upsetting that that was. It was such a huge loss to our skating community. And to give them the opportunity and the platform to be able to share, you know, what they're thinking and and how it affected them. Plus what Kathy's up to and Allison is still competing. That episode meant a lot to me to be able to uh, to do because I feel like. It was long overdue, like the the conversation that we had. There's also, Gina, one of the earlier interviews that we did was with Vincent Joe. And that was a great conversation because we dug into what it was like for him at the Olympics when he was diagnosed with COVID and had to leave the athlete village and go to this you know quarantine zone yeah so i mean we've done so many different interviews it has been i know so much fun to dig into things we had tatiana flade on to talk about this great kickstarter that they were doing to kind of preserve print media and it was successful and i felt kind of energized to be part of being able to promote that on social media. Mm-hmm. We had an interview with Joshua Ferris. We haven't heard with in a while, from in a while. And I know a lot of people were excited to hear from Josh. Um, he did have to run in our podcast, but you know, it was nice to talk with him and to hear what he's been up to and what, how he's doing. And then also to talk to Courtney who is coming back um, in hoping to qualify for national. So she's busy now with the whole NQS stuff, but it was nice to, you know, hear her find her love for skating again and want to come back to compete. But we've also brought attention to the pairs discipline and we had, you know, Megan Duhamel and Claire uh, on to talk about that. And, um, and Chris Kinnearm, who's building pairs over in Chicago. I know that was exciting to hear what he's doing now and hit about his pairs teams. But really, you know, we wanted and we still plan to do that to talk about pairs um, in, you know, because that discipline is probably I don't want to say it's a struggling discipline. It's not the right word to say, but it's the discipline that we're, we're seeing less skaters, um, you know, teams are 
less and less for federations. I know here in the U.S. we we're, we don't have as many pairs teams, um, so it's it's nice to give some attention to our pairs and in hope to just get the word out uh, to for those who are skaters that may be considering trying pairs. Um, you know, so, you know, cause obviously Daphne does ice dance and while FSO does everything, um, pairs is probably the discipline that I know the least about. And the one that I, I, I have throughout the years, not followed as closely as the others. So I hope we can continue to have discussions about pairs and, and, and not just pairs, but we've had discussions about the other disciplines that are new to both of us too, like uh, having on Lucas and Brooke for solo dance and learning more about solo dance and Kendall with um, Stellaris for Theater on Ice. And, you know, we talked about synchro. I got to go to my first synchro competition. So, yeah, and we hope to continue to do that because I talk more about the other disciplines that don't always get the attention that singles, pairs, and dance get. Agreed. I think we definitely want to do more interviews. It's real difficult to mix them in with everything that we're doing because the preparation for an interview is much easier than the preparation for what we're doing with our weekly news show. So it's easier to do them. It's easier to edit them, but we have to fit them in with everything else. And it's just not always feasible, which is why we haven't really had an interview in a, in probably Tatiana was the last one. And I think that was a month ago. Yeah. So um, we do plan to do some more. Yeah. We've, uh, we we've, ha- we've reached out to some people, hence the 100th episode was not going to be us looking back. We had other plans, but scheduling did not go as planned. And I've been emailing other people here. It's just trying, you know, to coordinate. Because also, not only is are we starting the skating season, but this time of year is also busy for a lot of people because kids went back to school not too long ago. People are back into routines. The summer is over. So people are just trying to figure out how their schedules are going to look. And, and it's the same with Daphne and I is figuring out, okay, what, what's our schedule look like on a weekly basis. So now that, you know, things are starting to, people are getting settled into, you know, schedules and, and the skating season is getting started here. Um, though I'm feeling like it's going full speed ahead, um, because we're, you know, challengers and JGP's going on, on the same week end, but, um, hopefully we'll be getting some, you know, interviews here. You know, we've got ideas and thoughts and so hopefully we can get some scheduled soon. And as Gina mentioned, if you're interested, we're always looking for someone to help behind the scenes, just to help us gather news information, to bring attention to competitions or shows that we may may be missing etc speaking of shows i feel like we could not end this part of the discussion without mentioning kurt browning and his final season with stars on ice (laughs) and talking about his t-shirts it was a lot of fun yes yeah that was one 
where I wish you guys could have seen us recording that episode. And, and that's something we're talking about is, you know, incorporating video into our podcast. But um, that episode, definitely, because he was, you know, showing us he had a T-shirt on that was an old Stars on Ice T-shirt. And he's going right up to the camera and he's, do you see me or like, who do you see? And we were like looking at the shirt and you guys couldn't tell that we were looking at a shirt or Daphne noticed the Coke sign on the wall of his Mm -hmm. house as he was recording. And you guys couldn't see that either, but it was fun to talk to Kurt before his, um, before he started his final tour. Um, and it was nice because I, we talked to him before he started and I got to see the final show of the U S tour. I didn't see the final show of the Canadian one, but his actual final stars on ice show in Hershey, um, so that was cool. He, you know, he dressed the crowd. And so I felt like I got the bookends of Kurt Browning's farewell tour with him coming on the podcast before he started the tour and then seeing the very last show of his farewell tour and Hershey. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And Alyssa came in and had made a cameo yeah. at the end. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun, too. Um, So, yeah, we... We have a lot of people to thank for helping, you know, connect us with folks for interviews and also those who came on the show mm-hmm. the last 100 episodes. We, I mean, we've tried to mention everyone. I know there are more that we haven't said. There's just, you know, we're very grateful for everyone who took the time to pop on and talk to us yes. because we're trying to shine a lens. That's something we say a lot in our episodes. We're trying to amplify voices that need to be heard. Those are the types of things that we're doing with this podcast. Yes. We appreciate you listening to us and supporting us. Um, <clears throat> so we did get some, uh, we've been collecting some mailbag questions. And so we wanted to end this episode with some of the mailbag questions okay. that we've been getting. So the first one, what are your favorite cities where you've attended a skating competition or show? Not favorite venues, just the favorite locations. Okay. Mine, the, this is no surprise to anyone. Lake Placid, 100%. <laughs> just because I've been there so many times, I love the location. I love the food there. I love it. It's just to me, a magical town. It has a lot of history. You drive around and you still see remnants of the city or the town that hosted the Olympics. And I love that about it. Outside of that, I have enjoyed um, Greensboro Nationals. I really enjoyed... I've been there three or four times now, I think. And I really have enjoyed going there. Um, I love Montreal, so any chance to go to a competition in Montreal is fun. Um, I've been up to the Autumn Classic and Skate Canada, and it's been held, you know, either in Laval or Pierrefonds. And... and I've enjoyed the trips there too. And I, I enjoy my trip to Dallas every year now because there's 
the food there is incredible and there's just so much to do this past year i went to meow wolf which is an immersive art experience that i would recommend if you're going there for skate america get tickets and go see it it's pretty cool yeah well i'm not gonna copy you and say lake placid but that definitely is like my favorite city um i i joke that i want to retire up there um and just live up, you know, live up there. So, and that I feel like I probably is the city I've been the most to for skating stuff. Cause I'm like looking at my credentials here and I'm like, oh, that was like Placid. That was like Placid. That was like Placid. So, um, yeah, there, it's just magical. And if you've not been to Lake Placid, put it on your list and make sure you go there. Um, it's hard to get there. That's one thing, you know, unless you're, you know, able to drive and get, drive by car it's it's hard to get there otherwise but um it, it's just it is again my favorite city but i'm gonna have to say i mean i i liked skate america in vegas um because that was my first time in vegas so i actually did a lot of like stuff in vegas in addition to skate america so i like um i want my friend lives in Vegas. So I got to spend time with my friend and he took me to, uh, Red Rock and, um, took me to the old part, the old strip, as they say. Um, and then of course, you know, my mom and I, we walked the strip. And so I, I liked Vegas and I liked the way, I mean, it's, it's weird to, I say to have like a competition in a near, you know, like near a casino, Um, but I liked the fact that the hotel and the arena were all connected and everything was like right there. Um, but yeah, I, I liked Vegas. I like Boston. Boston is great. And I'm looking forward to Boston worlds in 2025. Um, I, and I like the venue of the skating club of Boston location wise. It's tough. Norwood is not in Boston per se, you know, it's outside of Boston, but I do like that venues is beautiful. Um, but I, I'm, you know, Norwood, eh, this, you know, the town is not really, you know, anything to write home about, but. I like the location there. I used to go to skating club of Boston before when it was downtown and it was <sighs> driving in Boston is a challenge. And I think I'll leave it at, at that. Mm-hmm. However, Maybe I won't leave it at that. I'm looking forward to Worlds in Boston <laughs> <next year. laughs> in 2025. Maybe you so. just won't drive in 2025. Just, I won't. Just, no, I'm just going to yeah. take the train. There you that's go. What I did last time. <laughs> um, the follow-up question is, where's the furthest place you've traveled to for a skating event? Oh, that's easy for me. San Jose. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been out of the... Well, I have been out of the country for skating... Um, Canada, Mississauga, but that's not far. Mississauga's not far for me at all. Right. It's about just shy of three hours. So that's not far. Um, but yeah. California is all the way across the country. So, uh, yeah, San Jose is the furthest. I'm hoping that I will one day, um, cover an event for skating in, um, Europe. Um, but yeah, Melanie and Danielle and Robin definitely can give you further locations than, I can yeah. with San Jose, California. Yeah, San Jose is my furthest one too. 
because I haven't been anywhere out of the country other than Canada. I did go to nationals in Spokane a couple of times, and I actually enjoyed those nationals. Now, didn't you they go were... to a junior world in Canada? I did in 2005. It was in Kitchener-Waterloo. Oh, though, okay. So it was in it's Kitchener. much closer. Okay. okay. Yeah. I'd For some reason, I thought event. Vancouver, you had been to Vancouver or any of those. I would those. love to go to an event in Vancouver. Yeah, me too. But I haven't yet. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's not been possible. The next question is, do you ever hear music or watch a dance or other arts performance and imagine skaters using that music? I am still waiting for a center stage soundtrack medley skating program. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. When I hear the songs, I'm almost picturing a pattern dance element to it. Like, there's a song by Atreyu called Falling Down. And it's got a great thing that I think would make a great... It's got this beat that I think would make a great quick step. (laughs) Um, But I do. I mean, this year I've gotten to see a lot because people are using the 80s music. Mm -hmm. And so that's music I grew up with. So I've been able to enjoy that part of it like it's it's been fun but i do that i will picture i will picture it yeah in my head it's like oh who should skate to that but mostly it's music on the radio like if i hear something that's like pop or um alternative or has a story to it i am imagining who who should skate to it yeah well, but I definitely want to see this center stage soundtrack. Yeah. I'll, yeah. If you're talking about the that. center stage movie, I mean, yeah. that's, I, how many, that was Absolutely. my, that was my thing in high school, man. I loved, I have, I think I have that movie still on VHS. Um, but for me, it's always like, I'll see a Broadway show and I'll be like, okay, come on, someone do that for, so it's me. It's always the Broadway. And we had that with, um, the rhythm dance um, a couple years ago with Broadway. We had two years of Broadway. Um, but And I feel like everyone keeps choosing the same Broadway shows over and over again, like A Phantom of the Opera, or We Get Cats, or uh, Les Mis, or Miss Saigon. And I, I want, like, some of these new, like, Mean Girls is on was on Broadway. Somebody do a Mean Girls. Could you, I mean... That would just be fun. But, like, some of these new shows, uh, Frozen is on Broadway. I'm seeing that in a couple weeks, and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to do Frozen. Um, maybe maybe not, because then we'll have let it go in our heads so much. But, yeah, I'm always... Forever, yes. Yeah, I'm always <laughs> wanting, you know, Broadway, the new stuff. I Newsies is one of my favorite Broadway shows, and um, I just could see with all the dancing in that show, how could that go over into, um, a a dance? And I know people have done Newsies. Dear Evan Hansen, someone did Dear Evan Hansen. I'm waiting for a Wicked. Has someone done a Wicked? I'm not Uh, even I'm not sure about, but I know Dear, I know that Newsies has appeared in Junior Days. Yeah, in Juniors. But I could see a good Wicked, you know, that too. So that's where I always, my, is when I see, like, because I have season tickets to our um, 
our local theaters, you know, Broadway series. And so anytime I see a show, it's like, oh, would that be a good, you know, program? Well, that mm-hmm. song would be a good one too. So that's where I tend to g- tend to go. Yeah. Um, because that's my other is I I love Broadway shows and stuff like that. So. Yeah, we definitely um, we definitely do it. We're definitely guilty of uh, imagining it, and I know we're not the only ones because I know there are some in our little uh, Zoom group that also uh, it's the same thing. So moving on, the next question. Daphne, as a photographer, are you able to enjoy programs while shooting them as much as when you're just watching? Okay, so. This is an interesting question. I am able to enjoy it as much while I'm shooting. Because what happens when I'm not shooting a performance is I wish I was shooting the performance. <laughs> and it has now um, transcended into other things because there's other sporting events I go to and I wish I was shooting because I can notice specific moments that would make great photos. And so, yeah, I would have to say I wish I was, I wish I was shooting. There have been times, not many, where I have been at a competition and we have multiple photographers there for IDC and I have said, okay, I need to not shoot this because I'm I'm tired or I need a break. And usually by the end of it, I will go and shoot like the last group just because I'm ready. But I have someone that can shoot the whole event and those are the photos we use but i get really tired and so it's still hard for me though to watch and not be shooting because in my my hands are almost like mm, i you know i just see all the photos i'm missing yeah. like by not doing it yeah. and i like you know i photography is a challenge for me because and i don't mean that it's hard for me to do i mean i look at it like a challenge because I'm watching performances and trying to guess what's coming next and get in the flow of the program and capture the moments in the program, not just shoot a photo of the program. Those are two different things. Yeah. To me. And Gina, what about you? When you're covering the sport, is it hard for you to go downstairs and watch it on the monitor? Yeah. When the event's going on, when you're there in person? Yeah. So for me... There's no place I'd rather be than being at an event in person. Um, and right now I'm itching at the seams because I'm wanting to be at an event. And it may be a little longer to be in person than I thought it was going to be. But I'm going to be in an event regardless this season. Um, but yeah, I always... That's where I want... You know, I want to see an event in person. It's It's not the same watching it at home and on a monitor or anything like that. So when I'm covering an event, I'm not one who will sit in a mix zone and just sit in a mix zone and watch a monitor all day long. That's not why I'm there. I want to see the program in the arena in person and then go and um, talk to a skater. I do miss programs. Um, It's just that 
nature of it. It's it happens because you know the event goes and goes and goes, and you have a job to do, and you have to talk to athletes and stuff like that. But is I try so hard to make sure I am in an arena for as many of the skaters as I possibly can. So if I miss somebody short, I try to be there for their free. Um, you know, the, the ones, the top, the final six of, you know, uh, of a flight at the end, I'm, you'll find me in the arena. You will not seeing me go down to a mix zone. Um, so it is very hard, but that's, I feel like as a journalist, your job is to actually be there. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, sometimes I find the journalists who camp out in a mix zone are missing, missing what the whole purpose of an event is, which is actually being there and taking it all in, in the atmosphere of it. And seeing the actual performance, hearing it, because you can sit in a mix zone and watch a performance, but that monitor is not on for the most part. It's like on meaning audio. It's mostly quiet or there's a mix zone interview going on as you're someone else's skating. So you're, there's a lot going on in that area. So there's just no place I'd rather be than to watch a performance. But yes, you do you do miss it and um but but you you know yeah i can't wait to all i gotta say is i can't wait to be in an event uh, watching autumn classic and daphne and i were saying oh we should have just gone to montreal and i'm like yeah i know we, <laughs> we should have and yeah i'm i'm ready we and it may be montreal. it may be a few more months for me um i don't know if skate i'm gonna be able to make it to skate of skate america due to some real work related things, but, um, I'm looking forward to, uh, nationals and worlds definitely. And that's not going to change. So, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm itching. I'm really wanting to see an event this year and this is late for me. So, um, this next one is if you could relive any year in skating, which year would you choose? And I have one that's not conventional, Gina. Okay. Because, in reliving it, I would want to make it normal. And that would be the 2020 to 2021 season. I would want it to be normal for the skaters. I would want us to be able to go to events. I would want it to be a regular season. So what, wait, what season did you the say? The, the 2021, that, 2022 season? Nope, oh. 2020 to 2021 okay. was the year that we didn't go to yes, nationals, right. okay. didn't go to Skate America, didn't go to Lake Placid. I would want that one to be redone. Okay. Or I'd like to relive it in a way that allowed it to be normal for the skaters. Okay. I was thinking the same as you, but I was also thinking the other se- the 2021-2022 season. So a normal um, Olympics for athletes, mm-hmm. a normal nationals that, that season, it kind of started like it was going to be normal. And then it really wasn't. Um, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, so I was with you on this question because I was thinking that, um, and 
just we were thinking different seasons a little bit. But I also thought of another year and with the same idea to not relive it, but to change it. And that would be the year 1994. I would like to go back and take out the whole attack on Nancy Kerrigan because I feel like that has become all that everybody thinks about when you talk about skating. You know, just the random, like my random co-workers who will say, oh, Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. And it's like, you know, that happened so long ago. Can we stop with that? I feel like that's just the one thing the you know, that everybody's got to bring up. And I just wish we could go back. And that never happened. You know, Anne never had to be miss an event I think she was there in the arena when it happened that would have been a normal nationals for her I just wish we could have taken that whole event that has kind of just continued to keep been brought up after you know brought up after you know it just keeps as much as you want to it's like it happened a long time ago let's move on it just keeps creeping on back so I would like to um go back to that year and get rid of get rid of that event and and wish it didn't happen. I agree. I, um, also if I had to pick a year, which year would I want to relive? I think it would be 2013, 2014. Cause that was a fun year for skating. Yeah. I yeah. liked a lot of the programs and yeah, that was the that first is... year I started in FSO. That was the first season. So yeah, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. That's hard to believe that was that, 10 years ago, so. I also Crazy. like 2004, 2005, but that's just because I got to go to Junior Worlds that year, and it was just so much fun. I went to a Junior Worlds before I ever went to a U.S. Nationals. Huh. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Nationals was out. my first in 2009, but I think I, did I go to a Skate Canada before I went to a Skate America? Hold on. I did. I think I did. I went to two before I went to a Skate America. Yeah, I went to Skate Canada. Hold on. Yes, I went to 2016 Skate Canada in Mississauga. In 2017, Skate America was Lake Placid. So yeah, that was my first uh, Skate America was 2017. And the final question that we have is a media question. Is it hard to work in the mix zone or in the media center and not get excited and clap for the skaters. Yes. It is. It is. It is. Because I've gotten to know a lot of them through going to Lake Placid. I mean, there are coaches now that I used to photograph or interview. It is difficult. But in the time of media that I was taught or I learned from, I mean, I've been fortunate to learn from some pretty great media people over the last almost two decades. I've been very lucky. And I think as media, we're supposed to remain impartial to performances and 
That's not to say that when someone has the comeback of their lives, that the media center doesn't get really buzzy and sometimes people will stand up and clap. But it is very seldom that that happens. Yeah. And you definitely, I mean, when I first became involved with media, I was basically told when you're wearing that credential, you're representing your media outlet, you're representing media in general, and showing any favoritism of one skater over another is just not something that's respected or allowed. Right. And I think that's kind of continued, in the, at least in the United States, with how media is here. You're expected to act a certain way. You're not expected to be in the stands as a fan. You're expected to be, you know, a member of the media and be objective. And that's just journalism. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what I learned in school. Um, cause I went to school for journalism and I was taught by my professors that you as a member of the media are to be impartial. Um, you are to not show any bias to any person you're covering, any event you're covering, any issue you're covering, um, that doesn't just go towards politics that goes towards everything. You are to come across as a neutral mem person and not have any favorites. It's hard because we got into this because we like skating. We are fans, but mm -hmm. I have ingrained in me what my professors have always taught me. And just now 10 years of covering the sport. And also I think it was either you or Melanie who always said you have to kill the fan. And it's exactly sort of what we have to do. We have to put aside any, you know, if we really like a skater, um, we, we can't let it be known because if we go and talk to another skater and they know, oh, that's, that journalist is very much involved in, um, or very much, you know, really likes this skater that they, they may not want to talk to us. So we have to, you know, come across as being impartial, un no bias. Um, and I do remember at Skate America when Ilya landed the quad axle, that was probably one of very few times that the media stood up and applauded. You will not mm -hmm. see a standing ovation um, from the media no. section, but that was history. Um, so, yeah. And yes, there are skaters that we enjoy. But you're not going to get a public performance of it. It's not going to happen. Unless it's something like Gina just mentioned. And Ilya Molina landing the quad axle was like such a momentous occasion for the sport that everyone was overtaken by the hysteria in the arena. But yeah, so I and, hope that answers your question. Yeah, and another thing, one thing to point out that I've noticed a lot lately is it seeming to be more and more that it's a fine line between media and fan um with yeah. just who is being allowed to be credentialed um for events so there's a lot of thoughts on this part and Gina and I are thinking of having a few of our media friends come on and talk about some of the things 
that have changed over time with media and some of the things that have stayed the same. Because I know when I got involved, it was very strict at U.S. competitions, very strict. And now it's it's more relaxed, but it's still the professionalism is still expected. So look forward to this on a future episode. Yeah, yeah, because it's something we've we've had conversations amongst our media friends, and I think you know people might find us. It, it might be informative, or people might find it interesting to hear a little bit more about the media side of figure skating. Yeah, definitely. So we're gonna wrap up this episode, but before we go. Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? You can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com, on social media, at the site formerly known as Twitter, at thiswkinskating, and Facebook and Instagram, it's thisweekinskating. We're also on threads, uh, the social media platform for Meta. Um, hoping to post there more. Please reach out to us on social media. If you would like to help us with um, behind the scenes sort of stuff, or if you've got ideas for a future episode or guests we should have on the podcast, please reach out to us on social media, or you can email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the support we've received via email and social media over the last 100 episodes. 100? Please keep it coming. Crazy. <laughs> 101 will be coming to you in just a few days. Yeah. With that, we've reached the end of our episode. Thank you, everyone, for your support. Thank you for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to our 100th episode of This Week in Skating. Have an ice week! <laughs> <laughs>